Welcome back to another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We have to do this again. Another time in the year 2020 that we have to uh, sadly say that uh, wrestling legends, first intercontinental champion, the creator of the Royal Rumble, Pat Patterson, has passed away this week. Um, and this is a tough one to swallow, especially for the pro- professional wrestling community. As you know, so many people outpoured about him, and you know the one of the biggest events of the year, the Royal Rumble, is his brainchild. A favorite match of mine in WWE. Yeah, out of the year, everyone looks at you know what I I don't watch the WWE product anymore, but I watch the Royal Rumble because it's fun. You know, last year gave me my most memorable. This, this past Royal Rumble gave me my most memorable moment of the of the year, which Edge coming back. Um, so it stinks that we have to lose another professional wrestling legend this year. Uh, and yeah, as- and he, he entertained people in six different decades. Yeah. Um, the the stuff with uh, Gerald Briscoe and Vince McMahon in the Attitude Era was where I was first introduced to him. Same here. His last appearance for WWE, he won and then also lost the WWE 24-7 championship from Jake, Drake Maverick to Gerald Briscoe for, uh, at Raw Reunion last year. Yep. Um, and if you've never seen the alley fight with him versus Sergeant Slaughter at Madison Square Garden, I would highly suggest looking that up. Uh, that was a, a really good match of Pat's. Um. I don't think it's on the WWE Network, but it's definitely on YouTube. But our condolences go out to Pat Patterson's family and his friends. And we would like to pay tribute to him with a 10-bell salute. fans and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to your favorite online listening experience the only online listening experience and that's this one and it's marking out pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans this is episode 513 and we thank you for listening to this in podcast form Uh, you can go on all of your major podcasting applications make sure you rate review subscribe leave us five stars Uh, we greatly appreciate that social media wise facebook.com slash marking out Twitter.com slash marking out. YouTube and Instagram.com slash marking out 11. Twitch. Twitch.tv slash marking out. I'll get back up on there one of these days to do a, another good old No Mercy stream because I know everybody wants to see how JR and his female tag team partner are <laughs> going to win the belts. Um, pro Wrestling Tees. Pro Wrestling slash 
marking out. Uh, thank you to everybody that bought merchandise during Black Friday sale. I know I, uh, I may or may not have went a little ham on pro wrestling tees with the Black Friday sale. Uh, so thank you to everybody that purchased merchandise. Uh, email us. You want to sponsor us? Uh, sponsor the show just like Manscaped's been doing? Uh, marketout1 at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. You can call me Chris Sweeney from the Marking Out podcast. Uh, you know, as other major, <laughs> major, big podcasts I've been talking to. So we have to, I have to thank uh, Matt Cardona for mentioning me by name and mentioning this podcast by name. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Um, and yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Dave may or may not be joining us later. And you can follow him at Dave the Rave underscore MO. And you heard his chuckle. He's here. Brandon, you can follow his social media influencing accounts on both Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing? How's the COVID? Talk to us here. Well, I'm trying to be awesome as always. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm much better than uh, I was two weeks or even last week. Yes. But it's still going. I don't know. According to the government, I'm good to go out and everything, but I still have, like, effects from it. So, so. they talk about the, the long haulers, you know, people that still, like, you know, they got it back in March and they're still feeling effects of it. Is that, yeah. is that I something? I really you- hope that's not going to be me because I still can't uh, fully taste and smell things. Okay. Yeah. So that, like, really sucks. Yeah. Especially because we just went over, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. Which I didn't really even have. I didn't uh, partake in a typical Thanksgiving this year because uh, we we had COVID. So, I mean, we couldn't really taste anything anyway. So, uh, and didn't have energy to cook. So we had uh, Chinese food. Okay. And uh, had leftovers for, for days. Yeah. So once all this passes i kind of hope i'm just gonna go out and buy a turkey (laughs) yeah i hope we'll have some sort of thanksgiving thing i was gonna make um homemade green bean casserole this year okay but but i haven't yet yeah because you haven't been able to go to the food store well not even that i mean you could get deliveries and stuff but it's just if you can't fully taste there's no point yeah absolutely what else? What else has been going on this week? We had Black Friday. Not much. Have you partaked That's... in any Black Friday shopping online? I I did. I uh, took partook in WWE shop. You would, Mark? Because I well I I wanted t-shirts for a long time, and how could I resist a, a sale such as that, where some of the items were seventy for seventy five percent off with an extra twenty five percent added onto that. Um, so that it was seventy five percent off, and then twenty five percent off the seventy five percent off. Yeah, but that's not that's not a hundred percent off. Yeah, I know it's it's twenty five percent of the seventy five percent off. So if it's like four dollars, it it's like, a dollar. Math wise, that's what it sounds like it should be. But I know maybe I have to get Scott Steiner in here to talk uh, math. Thirty three to thirty percent. But uh, but yeah, so I, I just I got a few things. Just um, a Legato del Fantasma shirt. I got two of the Bailey T shirts. Why two? The uh, well, not two of the same. One's the Ding Dong Hello, and one's the Know Your Role Model. Okay. The the Rock parody T-shirt. And then I picked up uh, an Neo Shirai mask, where I assume it's not going to fit my head, but that's fine. I just like owning 
wrestling masks. Yeah, you're. Uh, I'm, people collect certain things. You collect wrestling masks. I collect a lot of things. But, I know. So do but I. Yes. Definitely, definitely wrestling masks are up there. I have a, people ask me like, oh, how many masks do you think you own? I was like, I honestly couldn't even fathom a guess. You have to get those like styrofoam heads and just display them. Where am I putting those? (laughs) You you build the shelf on the top of your room and and you you do it around your room. It'd be cool. That'd be a cool thing to do. My room isn't, isn't high enough ceilings to have shelves like that. All right. What like else? I mean, it's it's a taller ceiling, but it's not like a super tall. I feel like if there was a taller ceiling in here, there'd be a super echo. Yeah, echo, echo. But uh, but no, there. I didn't really do much. I haven't done much. All right. How about yourself? Well, uh, I've How been kind been? of kind of busy. You know, kind of some work stuff here and there. And last weekend was Thanksgiving. I partaked in it, but it was, as I said on last week's show, it was. Me, Rachel, the kids, and my in-laws, and I kind of – I built like an outdoor – like I have this patio on my backyard, and there's like an overhang that goes over it. And on Amazon, I bought like these uh, sidings that go on like those plastic tent gimmicks. So we – you know, I put a heater out there. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a nice little outdoor uh, Thanksgiving. My turkey uh, was awesome. Um, but it's going back to pro wrestling tees. Uh, so after me and Dave recorded the show last week, uh, you know, it was Thanksgiving Eve. I had a couple of uh, – liquid libations as you could call them and i was you know facetiming with a bunch of my buddies we're sitting around drinking beers and having a good time and right before i went to bed i was like oh man i should see what's on pro wrestling tees and i kind of went a little ham so was it the the first day did you get like an autograph or something no it was it was it was the wednesday i don't know what they're gonna give me probably nothing but anyway I ordered a Danhausen shirt because I've been on the fence about getting a Danhausen shirt for a very long time, and I was like, "All right, let me get this." And then I'm like, "Oh, this! I got this like Bret Hart. It's like an eight-bit looking shirt. It has him doing something in the uh, giving some of the sharp sharpshooter." I'm like, "Oh, I need a new Bret Hart shirt." So I got a Bret Hart shirt, and then uh, I got a. You uh, uh, spoke about the major wrestling figure podcast. I bought a FWF Turmoil hat because uh, Turmoil is the A show, and if you uh, don't agree with me, you did not listen to Collusion Collision because it was outstanding. And then, but you, you know, don't also support the B show? I, I mean, I like Thrill Zone, too. I think both their shows are great. Both of them are different. But if I had my pick, it would have to be Turmoil, not because that was the name of the uh, the weekly show in WTW. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, is it maybe because they share the same font? <laughs> it's, no, it's the same exact thing. That was the Turmoil. I, did, was... I didn't know that Turmoil was a, a WTW uh, show I just knew yeah, that, that was Turmoil's that was the name that was the name of our weekly show was WTW Turmoil, and you know no what the music idea. was and the music shared was the same font and the music was Welcome to the Jungle, and that's oh. what it is for uh, FWF Turmoil. So wow. I bought a hat and then you know they they get you. He's like, oh, you want to buy some random shirt for uh, eight ninety nine? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so it's just you don't even know what shirt it is? Nope. <laughs> and what if it comes and it's a marking out T shirt? <laughs> Wouldn't know, but wouldn't we, wouldn't we get an email saying somebody, uh, you know, we no, to... I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know what we'll find out. My my thing's been shipped. Uh, Black Friday wise, also we got a new TV for the living room. Uh, instead of a fifty five inch, we now have a sixty five inch, and the thing's ginormous. Wow. What? Big upgrade, big upgrade. Like it's really not as serious. big as Jay Silva's, but I don't even know what Jay Silva has. Unfortunately, Jay Silva has like a hundred inch television or something. He would. <laughs> 
He, he really does. It's um, it's gigantic. But, we watched the uh, the best of uh, Matt and Kurt on the Indies. I think. <laughs> oh my god! On that TV. That that's crazy. Um. So yeah, we got a new TV. Um. And that's and that's it. You know, we're just doing some editing. I did some lacrosse filming last week, last Friday, which was cool. And uh, kind of really marking out about the state of professional wrestling, because this week. Professional wrestling got real, real cool, um, and we'll kick it off with Impact Wrestling from this Tuesday. Um, they uh, they opened the show with a bumper for Bob Ryder. Yep, he uh, uh, passed away last week, uh, and he might be the absolute longest employee that Impact has ever had. Yeah, I know. A lot he was of people employed are like, from the beginning. Before that, he worked for WCW. So our condolences go out to uh, Bob Ryder's family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Real stinks. Losing a lot of people in professional wrestling. Uh, but you kicked off the show with the Motor City Machine Guns back in action, picking up the victory over Triple XL. Um, it, it's great to see Triple XL put against a premier tag team. Not to take anything away from Triple XL, but a, a good, uh, a solid, well-known tag team like the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then later on, you saw Johnny Bravo getting Larry D's face over the shooting of Johnny Bravo. Dreamer breaks it up. Larry said he was set up. Dreamer tries to uh, take him downtown, and uh, Larry knocked him out. Yeah, and they flee. Flee. So the I'm wondering if there's still some sort of spell he's under. Possibly, we'll we'll have some to sort see of as, effects from Wrestle House. We'll see as the weeks progress. Um, Ken Shamrock also was suspended for his actions last week for uh, attacking uh, D'Lo Brown at the end of the show. We sp- I spoke about it. I spoke about you know Sammy Callahan hitting Edwards in the face and them all go going nuts. So we'll see where this goes from here. Maybe this sets up a match with Ken Shamrock versus D'Lo Brown. I'd like to see that. Uh, in 2020, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, you never know. Um, women's knockout tag team title action. You have Jordan Grace and her surprise partner in jazz pick up the victory over Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly. I know you marked out for this super hard. I got the text message. I just didn't respond to you because I wasn't watching at the time. <laughs> oh, my, whoops. What? <laughs> But yeah, I I did I did mark for that. I wish the results were flipped though. Uh, yeah, I yes and no. Um, yes and no. I mean, I think Killer Kelly can be a star in that knockout yeah. division because we 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 talk about there's a mental aspect when it comes to professional wrestling, and I think Killer Kelly gets it because with the 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 mouth guard and then when she looks at when she looks at her opponent sometimes and she smiles and she has that crazy smile with the mouth guard on it just it gives a visual to it and it adds a different component to it which I love and I'm like I kind of I I I really enjoy that to her but uh, and, and Grayson, I don't know if I don't know if she signed to Impact or not yeah um, I don't know either but I do hope she goes after either the knockout title or the X division championship or something. I hate that she's not in WWE. Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't be. Well, I mean, I don't know why they released her. I, that still she was in WWE? Baffles. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. She was working NXT UK shows. 
Wow. She was in the Mae Young Classic. It was mentioned during this match. I didn't even, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next up, you have Ethan Page backstage saying that, you know, he's kind of furious about losing to AJ Swaggle. I know you weren't on the show last week. What were your thoughts about AJ Swaggle? <laughs> I think it's super carny right up the, the good brother's sleeves, but uh, <laughs> it was enjoyable to see. Yep. Uh, Ethan Page challenges Carl Anderson to a singles match at final resolution. And if he wins, the North gets another shot at the tag team championship. So what was interesting here, though, it looked like Josh Alexander wasn't having any of what Ethan Page was throwing down. Yeah. So so I hope that doesn't lead to a breakup or anything. Yeah. Same here. So, but we'll, Carl Anderson responded later on and said that Page is losing his mind, but he accepted the challenge, and he also said he has a lot of friends. He does. So, and who, uh, we'll talk about that comment later on in the show. But like, who could that? Like, who could possibly be filling in for Luke Gallows? Brian Myers. You think? Maybe. Or maybe He's somebody kind of from- intertwined with his own. Yeah, I mean, well, he's most professional wrestler, and he's got professional friends. One of those being uh, maybe he'll have an elite partner. Yeah, look at the, the well. If you listen to the show and you pay attention to wrestling, you know what's going on. It's going to be a. I'm so freaking pumped. Um, all right, <coughs> we had a backstage segment with Alicia, Alicia, and uh, Caleb with a K, as well as Tanil, and uh, she ended up attacking Sammy Callahan due to his actions last week. Yeah. Security broke it up. You know, Sammy's not getting uh, hit in the issue with a baseball bat. Right. Uh, you have um, a match between Johnny Swinger and Cody Diener. Go to a no contest because Eric Young and Joe Doring come out and they attack Cousin Jacob ringside. Then they attack Cody Dinger and this ends the match. Uh, Eric Young gets on the microphone afterwards and he says the attacks will continue until everybody realizes that the world belongs to them. So do you think in the long run this is kind of setting up them winning the tag team titles? I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. All right. All right. But the the Deaners were backstage yelling about what happened and Jake said that they have to do something and Cody said it's on him and he went through his history with Eric Young. He used to ride to shows with Eric Young. He trained or something with Eric Young. So next week, we're going to be seeing that match. Yep. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, you have a backstage segment with Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly. Um, well, they're in the ring. Excuse me. Um, Deanna well, no, calls- there was a backstage segment where she asked if uh, Father James Mitchell did anything yet. If, if he uh, changed Sue into Susie. And then they went to the ring. And then they went to the ring where Deanna calls out Sue Young and she wants, and if she wants her contractually obligated rematch for the knockouts title, then come to the ring and get it. Uh, the undead bride comes out to the ring and behind her is Father James Mitchell. James Mitchell says that Susie will pay for her sins and in this chilling scene in the impact zone, the undead bridesmaids surround the ring and Deanna Perrazzo takes advantage of the distractions, striking Sue from behind. Uh, Perrazzo blocks the poison mist and then connects with a pile driver. And the undead brides carry Sue up the ramp as James Mitchell looks on with a maniacal laugh. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. So again, adding a, a cool concept to this, you know, kind of bending, suspending the reality and disbelief and stuff like that going with this. And that's what, and, and that's what impact is great. They did that great with wrestle house. They did that very well. Um, when the original final deletion stuff happened. So very, very cool. Uh, you have an X division match where Rohit Raju defeats a crazy Steve. The stem from last week and him being suicide. Um, Keeps it going. Keeps rocking and rolling, Rohit Raju. Yeah, Crazy Steve had a great showing in this, but Rohit used the the ropes to win the match. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Later on, TJP met up with Crazy Steve, which gets cut off by Brian Myers, who towers over both of them. Uh, and then TJP challenged him to a match next week. So that's going to be a, a fun match to watch. Absolutely. Two very professional wrestlers facing off. Uh, and your main event of the evening, uh, Willie Mack defeated Chris Bay. So this is a very cool way to bet. You, you, you have to expect Willie Mack going over. And again, Willie Mack is just so good. You know, earlier in the night, we saw um, Chris Bay and Moose backstage. And Moose kind of warned him about the Impact Championship and his opportunity and whatnot. But I thought... Because that segment, we were going to see Moose help Chris Bay win this match. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, he showed up. After Willie Mack wins, he shows up, spears Willie Mack. Rich Swan runs down to make the save. Chris Bay takes out uh, uh, Rich Swan, and that was the end of Impact. Yeah. So we'll uh, you know we'll see where this maybe it's a tag team match leading up to something. Eventually, it's going to have Moose winning the Impact Championship, in my opinion. So yeah, another solid but, week. Of, another solid uh, yeah, week. Yeah, I don't impact. know. I wonder if Chris Bay will win. You think so? I mean, he's going to the Super the Super J Cup, or yeah. I think I think it's like a two day tournament now, and I think it's mostly guys that are in the United States. Yeah, I'm not correct, sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. But. I I think there's a lot of like actual New Japan guys in it also. Yeah, I know I Leo Rush is in it. Leo Rush is in the United States. Right. Uh, I, yes. Yes. So, and I know New Japan is doing like they're doing a a, a show with all well, the North American guys in filming it in L.A. Um, because they can't get over yet to Japan. I think the goal is to get those guys over to Japan in January for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yeah, apparently there's no New Japan. It's Clark Connors versus Chris Bay. It's ACH versus TJP. Okay. It's Ray Oris versus Blake Christian. El Fantasmo versus Leo Rush. Okay. Yeah. So those are all mostly North America, uh, United States, or I think maybe Mexico guys. But El Fantasmo is signed to uh, um, New Japan. Okay. But I guess maybe he's working. He's from Canada. so. Okay. So there you go. You can get into and out of Canada to the United States. You can't get in. Uh, and and Ray Oris is, is, I think, from Mexico. Okay, cool. So. All right, next up, we move over to Wednesday nights. All Elite Wrestling, Dynamite, Winter is Coming, and War is Here. And you Which kick- you were right, by the way. What? <laughs> I thought it was the dumbest thing. There's no, like, what was the point of having... A Game of Thrones themed title. I mean, that wasn't. Really, you've never watched the show, so that wasn't like the open to 
the show. I mean, it added cool imagery to uh, an overall concept of the show, but you kicked off the show with a uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal where the final two competitors will face next week for the AEW uh, Diamond Ring. Uh, and your two finalists are Orange Cassidy and MJF. Uh, well, there were some big things that happened during There this. was a lot of big things. There was the involvement of Hangman Page in the Dark Order. Um, there was also uh, Wardlow. And there, there's a riff going out with Wardlow, MJF, and Sammy Guevara. You saw the 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 inner circle, the members of the inner circle working together. You saw Hardy and uh, Mark Quinn working together as well. So there was a lot of stuff that went on here. A lot of stories told. You had the Sean Spears, Scorpio Sky story story told is Sean Spears gets eliminated and Scorpio Sky, you know, uh, I mean, and, and Sean Spears comes back in and uh, hits him. Uh, Scorpio Sky with the slug. So a lot of things going on in this match, but I think yeah. it's the right two people to end this match, especially with MJF having I'm, that ring. Yeah, that's what I'm confused about, though. Like, if MJF lost this, like, he doesn't actually get to defend the ring? No, I think it's just the thing they're going to do. Or do they him. give you another ring? I don't understand. Well, I want, and I think, and I and I was saying this to myself while watching this. I'm like, and now, you know, like, you didn't give Orange Cassidy the television title, the uh, TNT championship. I think this is finally something that you can do with Orange Cassidy. He's like, oh, where's your ring? Well, I don't know. And then, like, it just pops up. Like, oh, okay. Whatever. It's Walks in away. his pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in his pocket. There you go. Where is it? And he just puts his hand in his pocket. Oh, yeah, it's right here. So next week, it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus MJF for the Dynamite Di- Diamond Ring. That should be a fun match to watch. Did you, by any chance, see Tony Khan's comments on Miro? No. He was he did like an interview or something and said like he brought up how Rusev came to the re- came to the ring at WrestleMania in a tank 5 years ago and people are like wondering why he's not being used as that sort of character like a big brute. Yeah. Why is he not on like a a, a tear or whatever? And he said that Rusev was built up to that and then used, like, expletive for years. So he's lower than low right now and needs to be rebuilt. I I 100% agree with him. But what I don't understand is that I think he's right now lower than how he was in WWE. I don't know. Is he doing... Uh, he he know? came in in the same angle he left WWE. And now he's an angry video game guy. I know, but is he in a, is is he have, having to watch his wife kiss another dude on TV? No. But that's wrestling. You sign up for something like that. Not essentially all the time, but let's uh, let's continue on. You have Chris Jericho pick up the victory over Frank Kazarian. First time ever match. Um, this delivered, but you kind of say the story itself wasn't the match. It was the inner circle. Because you see Kaz getting the upper advantage at the end. You know, the inner circle's trying to interfere. Then you have MJF pulling a, you know, a towel out. He's going to throw it into the ring. And then Sammy Guevara comes out. After Jericho picks up the win with uh, a, a Judas effect, Jericho... Threatens the inner circle with an ultimatum. He's like, so you guys can't work together. You have seven days to figure it out, or the inner circle splits up. What yeah. do you want to see? And what it, do you want to see? Out of that? It wasn't MJF that Chris saw with the towel. Yeah, it was Sammy Guevara. Which I, I thought that was really, uh, I mean, not funny, but 
like a bam roasted of sorts. Do you think now this like the inner circle splits up and they push Sammy Guevara as a babyface? Because I feel like I, essentially that's what they're doing. Know. They're trying to turn him. I into don't a know if face. I could see Sammy Guevara as a babyface though. He just has that punchable face. I just want to punch him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you see the inner circle breaking up? Um, I not really. I think that's like a ratings thing. Really? It's like yeah, where they like they'll tease the breakup, or whatever, and Jericho's like, "You stupid idiots! We're the inner circle. We're better than everybody else in the company." All right. Uh, Something yeah. like that, but. We saw the Young Bucks backstage being interviewed. Put themselves uh, over as And they as said usual. that TH... What was that? Put themselves over as usual. Yeah, big time. Uh, <laughs> which I have no problem with that. ProWrestlingTees.com slash market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have COVID. <laughs> Buy my shirts. <laughs> I, uh, did I say that? Yes, I must you did. Have said that. That's a fine uh, tactic, though. Yeah, the There's sympathy no COVID buys. On the shirts. But uh, TH2... Uh, they said that TH2 will be facing them next week, and if they win, they'll get a title shot. But Big Pop, the acclaimed, cuts this off. Uh, Max Caster spits some hot fire on the great. Young Bucks. Uh, and then TH2 attack the Young Bucks, and SCU chase them off. So maybe we'll get another eight-man tag out of this yeah. gimmick. But, get but Ma- I was get so Max happy Caster to see the acclaimed actually used on Dynamite. Yeah, so was I. I was pumped about it. It was awesome. I was like, I was like, oh great, it's gonna be them, and then they're gonna get beat up. Then all of a sudden, man, I'm like, ho, 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 who's this? So yeah, it's cool because like, I mean, I followed uh, Anthony Bowen's career from the start. I know uh, Bobby Wayward was on AEW Dark, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just overall, I'm really happy to see the acclaimed, and uh, maybe they'll be the next tag team champions. Uh, I don't see that happening. I don't see the Young Bucks losing these tag either, titles ever. My fingers are crossed right now, Chris. I know. So are mine. Fallen uh, Angel. That's right. Fall, <laughs> Fallen Angel Chris Sweeney. That's right. Uh, I'm getting this all the all the, all the the plugs here on all the major podcasts. Yeah. One more mention. We might need a Fallen Angel shirt in our shop. <laughs> I Well, could, I, you probably already made the picture of the week. I can, I can pull up my uh, old school WTW picture. Of me, yeah. There was. There's already a picture. Yeah. Okay. It's it's something random that no one's gonna get. Besides Brandon. But anyway, no. It's not. It's not random. What do you mean? It's got. uh, It's it deals with the week. Okay. Doctor Britt Baker picks up the win over legit Layla Hirsch. Um, I thought Layla's other matches were better than this, but all in all, it's you know to get Britt Baker over. Um, at the end of the match, you see Thunder Rosa run out and start swinging at Britt Baker. She, uh, you know, then you have Reba try to interfere and Layla suplex her. Just turns into a madhouse. So maybe next week or in the weeks to come, we'll see Britt Baker and Reba versus Layla Hirsch and uh, Thunder Rosa giving uh, Layla Hirsch the rub because she's pretty good. And she's a, yeah. a cool addition to the AEW women's division. I'm enjoying her matches for the most part in yeah. AEW. She had a, at the Collective, I think she had a crazy match with Josh Alexander. Nothing. Crickets. Was that this year? Or? Yeah, the Collective was the first thing that was this year. Remember the one where everybody got COVID? Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you say the Collective, though, I think of uh, Mania time. and. Yeah, well, there was no Mania this year, brother, so. Well, that, I mean, that's... Yeah, Not my next fault. matchup, we have things. Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes face off against Absolute Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, Taz distracts the referee, which has zero effect on the match. Yeah, 
But anyway, I don't understand when that happens. I don't like it in WWE. I don't like it here. I don't get, I don't get the zero effect thing. But anyway, maybe he was able. I mean, there was he was able, like I think, to rake his eyes. But again, Cody was like right afterwards yeah. able to do everything. Yeah. So you have uh, end of the match. You see Cody hit the crossroads, a cutter, and then Darby Allen hits the coffin drop on Ricky Starks to score the win. Um, solid match here. I like. More and more I see a powerhouse Hobbs, I like him a lot. Will Hobbs is great. I'm so happy he's in Team Taz now. And you and I, I said it with Killer Kelly and how she had those those facial expressions. Powerhouse Hobbs has that too. He had like where he nailed uh Darby into the, the, the ring, the barricade, and you see him just hit that like snarl on his face and they kinda of zoom in on it. I was like, Yes. And I'm like, that's part of wrestling right there, is your your mannerisms and things that do that. Uh, but afterwards, uh, the action did not stop because you have Hobbs jump Darby Allen. Then Arn Anderson gets involved and tries to get the better of him. You have Dustin Rhodes come in. You have Brian Cade come in. Bedlam ensues. And then the lights. See right here, like when Bedlam ensues and like they're, they're showing that wide shot of the entranceway. I'm thinking, oh, man, is it going to is Matt coming? Is Matt Cardona coming back to AEW? Is going to run in and, uh, and team the tape and, you know, turn the tables and kind of help everybody out. But then the lights go out and you're like, Oh no, what's going on here? You see the snow, you see the imagery from the beginning of the show. And then who appears? Can I do it? Can I please do it? Uh, go it's ahead. That was terrible. But anyway, sting <laughs> makes his AEW debut to like the, the, one of the mark out moments of the year, in my opinion, because Years ago, after that match with Seth Rollins, it was like, everyone's like, oh yeah, no, Sting's never going to be able to wrestle ever again. That's it. The last match we're going to see from Sting is him taking an awkward buckle bomb and breaking his neck, but it's 2020. Anything anything, and everything has happened this year. But and Sting that- has said in interviews that he's good to work a match, but everybody here, there was as soon as Sting debuted and the internet got wind of it, there were comparisons of people talking trash about Goldberg showing up and but, wrestling. But, okay, go continue. But you, Versus I, I, now Sting showing up. And the way people were defending Sting showing up was, but Sting's not going to wrestle. He's clearly just there to be a manager. However. However, continue. AEW's website lists him on the roster page with a record. Okay. Jake Roberts doesn't have that. Double A MCO doesn't have that. Tully Blanchard doesn't have that. Are they going to put the AEW World Championship on Sting? We have no idea. They're absolutely not going to do that. You can't say that. We have no no idea. I I didn't think Sting was going to be wrestling. I will slap slap at you. Absolutely not. No, but what I, sucks to me, though, about this this Sting debut, like it was a fantastic pop, be- obviously. I can't, I can't believe you're like narking on this right now. Well, it's Sting first of all, in 2020, I, listen, listen, back listen, on listen, TNT listen. for the first time in 20 years with a company His that last has match on TNT wasn't anything to write home about. So. I know, but still, he has <laughs> such a, a illustrious backgrounds with TNT, with the years of WCW being on there, and you're pooping all over this right now. Um, it's not all over it. I just th- There's only one Sting match that I need to see. And you're never going to see it. it. 
apparently. But uh, that really is, like, there's no other Sting match that I ever need to see. Um, He might work well with Cody Rhodes. We don't know where it's leading to. He speaks next week. But my gripe, my main gripe with this segment (laughs) was Arn Anderson standing up after being attacked by Team Taz as if nothing happened. Oh, my God. I can't. Out of you're like, oh, my God, Sting's back in professional wrestling. But Arn Anderson stood up. That is the most Mark Mark stereotypical. No, No, it's not. Because the most Mark thing was me having to argue with people on Twitter. There were people at AEW Dynamite with taking their masks off throughout the whole night. And I just pointed it out to Tony Khan, tweeted him saying, hey, maybe you could tweet it out saying, keep your masks on. So when I got into an argument with somebody, it's like the most ridiculous thing to choose to mark out over Sting versus actual real life pandemic COVID stuff. Which I wasn't even going to talk about on the show here. You shouldn't have. You're ruining like you're like you're ruining like this is a big thing. Like we've gotten like. Two ginormous surprise returns this year, and you're and like you're you don't I'm you care more about it. Art I'm, Anderson I'm standing Steve up. The debut with AEW was fine. It was a pop. It was good for a pop. This it is cool. cool. This, as I said, this again. This I can't. Oh my god, you're the worst. We're you saying really the same thing. No, this is awesome. This is great for AEW because you have like Jericho is still like you know can go with anybody. In, in AEW. He can still do that. But now you have, like, this legacy character that you have that can do in-ring with that. And also, like, giving the rub to Darby Allin. A guy that paints half of this. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Well, no one got a shot of the of the them in front of each other with paint next to each other. They only got the one side. Oh, my God. I don't care about the face paint picture. I just I I don't know what's next for Sting in AEW. He's it's gonna be clear. working with like a Darby Allen. Like this is this is and you can have at the next big pay per view. You can have Sting, Cody, and Darby versus Team Taz. That gives the rub to everybody that need that gives the rub to Powerhouse Pop Hobbs if he works with with Sting. That gives the the rub to Brian Cage if he, Cody doesn't need the rub in AEW, but it gives the rub to everybody else. In that 20 seconds that Darby Allen and Sting <laughs> stared at each other, you said, and Bully Ray said this on Busted Open, that made Darby Allen more of a star than he was last week. Because he's standing face-to-face with an icon, the icon in Sting. I'm completely fine with Sting being an AEW. I literally I'm just more could upset. not care less. I could not care less if he wrestles. I would be more than happy to watch Sting wrestle. I'm not saying I don't want to see Sting wrestle. The one match I need to see Sting in is not going to happen. I'm fine with that. It, like, there's nothing, like, it was a good moment. It was an awesome moment. It was one of the best moments of the year. Yes, and I'm not taking anything away from Yes, that. you are! You're, you're more no, worried not. about freaking Arn Anderson standing up than you are Sting being in the ring! All. I'm not taking anything away from Sting being in AEW. It's fine. It'll get the ratings. I'm fine with that. And how the ratings look this week, brother? I don't care about the ratings. All right. Let's continue on here because... The worst part of AEW took place after this. What? The absolute worst. You had Hikaru oh, Shida being interviewed about Abaddon. I was too busy texting everybody about Sting. 
So she's being interviewed about Abaddon. Off in the background, a, a metal pipe or something falls. And they did the Sid bit where she asks if they can restart the promo. And Marvez goes, well, nope, we're on live TV. Why? Man AEW on Marvez. Why would they have done that? That, like, really, like, I have not been pissed off at AEW in a long time. <laughs> you were probably that pissed really off pissed about it last week. What? You were probably pissed off at it last week for something. No, I have not been pissed off in a while. Oh, let me go back to your, your mass comment. So, when AEW, when WWE it gets fans in the Thunderdome, and you're going to see these marks without their masks off because, you know, uh, when it, one wrestler comes out and you see them without their masks on and they do a th- and they do a tight shot of this guy going nuts, are you going to tweet Vince McMahon? Are you going to tweet Stephanie McMahon? Vince McMahon's not on Twitter like Tony Khan is. Are you going to tweet Stephanie McMahon then? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, okay. I'm going to hold you to this. I'm going to watch WWE programming now once they hit the Thunderdome and they let fans back in. So, and when I'm going to take screenshots. When NXT first had people in uh, the, the Capitol Wrestling Center... There were people without their masks on. I tweeted about how, like, hello, why are people not wearing their masks? Okay. Let's get off the subject now, and let's get on to your main event of the evening. We have a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion, as expected. Kenny Omega defeats John Moxley. But it wasn't in a Kenny Omega clean pinfall victory. It was from the help of Don Callis who was sitting out at ringside. He uh, John Moxley hits him a couple times, then he passes him this microphone. Callis was on commentary. What? Yeah, he was on commentary. I said you, that. You think, nothing, you think nothing of it, just like the EVP of Impact Wrestling on commentary, you think nothing of it. Yeah, but, but Don Callis slides in a microphone. He hits... Oh, Kenny Omega hits John Moxley with this microphone, hits a V-trigger, hits a one-winged angel, and gets the win. They've been teasing this heel Kenny Omega for a couple of weeks now leading up to this match. And this was kind of like the nail in the coffin of of this. Um, I'm sorry. I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, cleaner? Of, of the cleaner gimmick. The match itself was outstanding. I thought it was there, I think match. there were some bad spots, but I really think it's did. safe to say that this was the best match in AEW for both of them. Yeah. I 110% agree because you got to see kind of you could say kind Kenny Omega has been he's been driving down the highway going 55. He hits it in the fourth gear now and then like he kind of opened it up and you kind of let you see Kenny Omega be Kenny Omega. Like for me, Moxley's been a bit boring in AEW and uh, this I think was his best showing. Yeah, I agree. He hit uh, Kenny Omega with that paradigm shift into the heater. Which was ringside because it was like forty degrees in Florida. Yeah, by the way, I read a tweet on that. Me? Yeah. When, when, what did you I name, tweet? when you name your show Winter is Coming and it's actually forty degrees outside. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, Don Callis went and checked on Kenny then because they said he's like an uncle to him. And that's when everything turned around. Yeah. And Omega post-match. hits uh what was it, four V triggers? I, I, I lost count. <laughs> I think it was four. And then that, I think they said it was the first time Moxley had been pinned. Yes. Cause he's been kind of undefeated in AEW. If I'm and not as thinking. soon as he gets pinned, Callis celebrates a little bit with Kenny and they jet off to a car 
and Callus <laughs> and then, was and like, asked. I like. About. I, was it? Was it? Marvez just comes out of left field, just like oh, Doug Callis. <laughs> get him! <laughs> I tell you, the hardest working man in AEW. He just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and Don Callis says you could find out more on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday, and they're like Tuesday, but AEW's on Wednesdays. And Callis is like, let me rephrase that for you. Impact Wrestling is on Tuesdays. They're in goddamn cahoots. <laughs> we should have seen this from the start. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen. They're working with NWA. They're working with Impact Wrestling. They got Kenny Omega's in AAA. He's their champion right now. Working December 12th at uh, Triple Mania. Um, so You want to talk about change in the world? New Japan is next, right? You want to talk about change in the world? They're doing it. You would, five, six years ago, you would not see any of these companies working together. Well, that's not true. I mean, Impact has worked with AAA and uh, New Japan and stuff. They've done, it's not like out of the ordinary. It's just a company. I mean, they're, we haven't had a company as big as WWE. And and here's the funny years. thing too. After this whole, I want to talk about this in like full detail because I was like, I was going nuts for this because this is these are the two shows that I watch and now they're doing it's like cr- cross yeah it's like we could high five and celebrate impact will get way more viewers than, than I hope normal. Uh, impact I, hope, uh, I think is a really good show I hope impact uh bumps up their bandwidth for Tuesday night because they might crash twitch dude that'd be insane to because like I don't nah there's no way like I mean I can't say there's no way because a lot of people tune in for for um AEW, but I don't, I don't think it'll break, break the internet. No, break Twitch records or anything. I think that's like up in the millions. Okay, okay. So first, of, first and foremost, before we go on to how how pumped we are about this, I loved like when Triple H was doing his media scrum for War Games. They asked him about this, and he's like, "Yeah, we're working to open, we're uh, we're open to working with anybody." B Triple H is at least. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, it doesn't go to him. You think that if WWE did a WWE Ring of Honor mashup, do you think that Vince McMahon would let Akira Tozawa lose to, like, I don't Danhausen? Do you think he'd let him do that? Oh, what's this guy doing? He, he's doing the tequila. Te- no, absolutely. Akira Tozawa's his champion. He's a cruiserweight champion. He's, he can't lose to him. You think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. Next point of, point of pride I want to bring up here, because I'm so excited about this. Jordan Grace posted on Twitter. She goes, my official AEW Impact uh, crossover dream match thread. And she's got some good ones here. Abaddon versus Sue Young. The Young Bucks versus the North. This one I like. Yeah, people, people were saying we want to see the Young Bucks versus uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And I'm like, they're in cahoots. They played that match on Impact this week. <laughs> Wardlow. I was like, we should have seen the sign. They were all there. Wardlow versus Rhino. That would be an awesome one. Where they, they're in a very similar pose, too, with the yeah. photos that she chose. Diamante versus Kira Hogan. Big Swell versus Tasha Steels. This one I like a lot. Orange Cassidy versus Johnny Swinger. I talked about how much uh, how much of a gem Johnny Swinger has been. Yeah, uh, that would be a cool matchup. Serena D versus Deanna Perrazzo. Brah. Brah. Like women's wrestling at its finest. Uh, John Silver versus Ken Shamrock. <laughs> uh, Ty Valkyrie versus Chris Statlander. Yes. Love to see that. Um, and then a Jim Ross and Max Stryker reunion. 
So this so, is cool. Um, of this, though, I'm really happy that if we are getting like a major we're working together sort of thing, the knockouts division, because they, although it, it I mean, it sucks that they're using that they would then be using the knockouts for the AEW women's division in the way that like, Hey, maybe you got to build your own division. But, um, I, I've said this multiple times. WWE has the absolute best women's division in the world, but they also have like this abundance of money that they got impact. Buy everybody. Impact has the second best women's division in the world. I agree. So I'm looking forward to maybe seeing some knockouts in AEW and, and them being used like that because they're fantastic. Yeah, I I would love to see a Taya Valkyrie versus Chris Statlander match. Um, That was not the end of AEW Dynamite, though. Yes, it was. And I and No, it was not. And I didn't understand it at all. Eddie Kingston came out and called randomly called out Lance Archer. After Kenny won the championship and and did the the whole thing about the we'll see you on Tuesday, I guess it. They had it? apparently Meltzer, I think, said something where that if this didn't go to time limit, it went over. They time were going to have a whole segment with Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer, which to me makes no sense. After last week, why would you have that huge moment like we'll see you on Tuesday? By the way, here's Eddie Kingston and, and Lance Archer now in a giant promo. I didn't even pay attention to that. Cause I, it did, I that to me, it, it made no sense. I didn't understand that at all. I didn't even see it. So It wasn't it's, even a scene. It was a here. It, it's, it, it was an Eddie Kingston on commentary sort of like, let me come over here. I got to talk about Lance Archer. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, it's, what? It's, what it's is going on? It's mentioned on the AEW results. It made no sense. I didn't understand that at all. But But it was a very exciting AEW Dynamite episode this week. And it really kind of, you could say, changed the landscape of not sports entertainment. It changed the landscape of professional wrestling. Because now you're going to see this crossover. What what happens if you see uh, a Ring of Honor AEW crossover? What happens if you see New Japan gets involved? You know, we we can now see a Young Bucks versus Good Brothers match if this, you know, is going to pan out the way it is. So next That's what everybody everybody seems to be teasing stuff like that. Yeah, well, I I mean, right away you had an interaction between the, you had an interaction between FTR and the North. Yeah. That's that PWI top tag team list where the FTR somehow made number one. When I, I think you and I both agreed that maybe the North should have been number one. Yes. But, and then we got a bunch of hate for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> or I got a bunch of hate, I guess, for saying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was professional wrestling this week and it was pretty cool. So let's take a break right now and we'll get back to some sports entertainment talk, but not at before some words from our friends. At Manscaped. Support for Marking Out comes from Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. 
Listen up, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. I've used so many store-bought buzzers before, and they never do the trick. Every single time, my chestnuts get uh, you know nicked and cut up, and it's not fun at all, especially during the holiday season. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. And that's why I got two of them. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant under your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS, that's three. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Back on Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Um, Jingle balls, jingle balls, jingle balls all the way. And jingle your balls this holiday season by using Manscaped. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS. Saved 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Feeling good. That's all I'm going to say about that. And anyway, let's kick it off to some sports entertainment talk. Yes, and move on to some Monday Night Raw. Ah, what a Monday night nitro. Dave, how are uh how you doing? <laughs> doing all right. <laughs> Is that a shoot or a work? No, no, that that I felt that like tickle in the back of my throat after doing that one. But hey, 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 I'm doing great. Ready to join the podcast. Thanksgiving the podcast went well. Room. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving went uh well. Did not have any sweet potato with uh, marshmallow topping, so no. I'm kind of disappointed about that. <laughs> That's funny. You know? That's Did a, it also have some... I was uh, going to say, that was an Al Roker dish that uh, his mom has an interesting name for it. Oh. His mother calls it sweet potato poon. Oh, that is definitely not it. <laughs> that is definitely not it. It is sweet potato with marshmallows on top. <laughs> and uh, the cream corn pudding. Did not have any of that. So, but did get some good eats and Thanksgiving was uh, relaxing. 
I'm guessing you already shared about your Thanksgiving. I did. So moving over to (laughs) Monday Night Raw, it kicks off with a moment of bliss with Randy Orton as the guest. They went back and forth and The Fiend finally showed up. She ended up in Randy Orton's arms. And then Fiend put his arms out for Randy Orton to put Bliss into his arms, which he did. And then he scurried off. I thought it was a super weird segment. Um, With, I guess, the main takeaway of this was that Alexa Bliss is the Fiend's weakness. But I didn't think yeah. this was a strong start to Monday Night Raw at all. I don't know. I I was a fan of it. I was... I mean, it was predictable that the Fiend was going to show up and everything like that. But the whole um, arms thing, I didn't... Well, I, I was fine with it. It was just Alexa Bliss jumped it. I would assume Alexa Bliss jumped to, to his arms uh, when the lights went off. And I like the fact that Alexa Bliss went into the entire, like, who's controlling who aspect. You know, as if maybe she's in control of the Fiend and the Fiend's not right. actually in control of her. Yeah. You know, I, I liked the play on words. I liked her interactions. I liked Alexa, Alexa, Alexa Bliss switching... Uh, into that kind of like a serious monotone answer to Randy Orton. Um, yeah, I, I like this to kick it off. I It does stink to see that The Fiend does have a weakness. So that does stink. But on Yeah, the but Randy hand, Orton doesn't even have anything to combat the weakness. Yeah. I mean, on the, on the other hand, I was just a, I was a big fan of it, though. First match of the evening, we saw, I think, the third or fourth Symphony of Destruction match in WWE. Jeff Hardy picks up the victory over Elias. Uh, At one point, we saw R-Truth hiding inside the piano, which led to people chasing the 24-7 championship. Jeff Hardy attacked Drew Gulak. Elias attacked Lucha House Party. Um... But there were a lot of cool spots in this match. I liked Elias using the guitar picks sort of as like Wolverine claws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The Whisper in the Wind spot where it gets cut off by Elias smashing a guitar over Jeff Hardy I thought was cool. Um, The the one spot that I didn't like was where Jeff Hardy did the swanton to the outside of the ring. Yeah, it was pretty dangerous looking. Uh, like, and he's he walked away just fine. I don't know. That was yeah, but even still, you know, somebody that is a veteran of the ring like Jeff Hardy, that's such poor. I I, I ring, saw, but that's such poor ring awareness to not realize how close the table is to the steel steps and not knowing your positioning. I feel like Jeff read, Hardy knows better. I read it on the sites that that this whole like the opening of Monday Night Raw was like changed and. This match was was changed. The ending wasn't supposed to be like that or something. So maybe any, it was just like an in the moment sort of thing. Just like any reason why? I don't know. But they had that think. one spot where Elias got electrocuted. So maybe it's going to affect his performances now. Like uh, when I, Goldust got electrocuted. I maybe he's going to come back with that Goldust gimmick. We saw Slapjack pick up the victory over Ricochet. And Dana Brooke randomly came out during this and slapped Mustafa Ali. Um, For me, the main takeaway was that Slapjack had a really nice finisher. 
Yeah, Slapjack picked up the victory. You know, it kind of stinks to see Ricochet in this position, though. Um, but Slapjack did pick up the victory. His finisher was pretty cool. And this also led into the that Dana Brooke match. Yeah, but uh, we had Miz TV with Sheamus, where they were questioning what Drew got Sheamus in return for the, the family history crate that Sheamus got. And Sheamus was like, I don't need anything in return. And it kind of seemed like they were trying to turn Sheamus on McIntyre, but this ends with Sheamus attacking both Miz and Morrison. Yeah, so I guess it, Sheamus is a face. I don't think or, so, though. I don't like, know. I think it's only with McIntyre. Yeah, I don't know if it's... Yeah, it, it's kind of different. But, yeah. After this, we saw Asuka and Lana pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh, we saw Asuka break up the Kirifuda clutch, and then Lana pin Shayna Baszler. Total shocker. <laughs> I... Wasn't expecting Lana to pick up the victory with that. Not at all. But, you know, it, all right, we'll we'll roll with it. I feel like this has happened with Asuka and someone else in the past, too. I don't remember who, but I'm just having a, a deja vu moment. Maybe Carmella. I, I feel like there was Asuka was in a storyline in the past when she was really on that winning streak where there was a a wrestler that wasn't as good, wasn't popular, was like in that Lana position, a, a total underdog, and she kind of carried the team and everything like that to give them the rub. I I don't remember. I Yeah, I don't remember, but I'm just having a deja vu with it. Cedric Alexander picked up the victory over Xavier Woods. Uh, for me, I don't, not much happened in this match. No, and I, I thought it was kind of obvious that Cedric was going to win this. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the big takeaway was Alexander kind of celebrating on his own. Yeah. You know? And this whole thing stemmed from last week when, I mean, they even went over it again. I still think it was a double countout in mm-hmm. the first match, but whatever. At, at least they brought it up into, like... Yeah, but they said that they won. Yeah. Match after that was, I don't know why, all of a sudden became sudden death. But AJ Styles defeated Keith Lee and Matt Riddle to become the number one contender for the WWE Championship. I thought this was another obvious outcome. I would have liked to have seen Matt Riddle win this just to switch up the main event feel. Yeah, I think that AJ Styles was the obvious pick, but it would have been nice. And then later on, we saw MVP meet up with Matt Riddle, or just Riddle now, uh, which ends in Bobby Lashley locking in the Hurt Lock on him. So maybe Riddle's going to be the next challenger for the U.S. Championship. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I've been a fan of Riddle's promos backstage, and specifically his interactions with AJ Styles. A lot of people I see complain about it because it's like, oh, you made uh, Riddle look like uh, whatever. Like, he was working at NXT and now it's uh, completely not Riddle. And it's like, I think... What was Riddle? Promos, Isn't this Riddle? I think his promos are have gotten, like, goofier, but it's still, like, under that umbrella of Riddle. Yeah, how is that not Riddle? Riddle is pretty much your typical... Is just a stoner. Can't let's call a spade it. a spade. You can't say that, though. <laughs> yeah, let's call a spade a spade. 
the dude's a stoner and he's playing that stoner gimmick. I mean, and I love AJ Styles playing into it as well. And because we know AJ Styles has that comedic um, tendency as well. So for him to play into this with Riddle, I think it's hilarious. I think it's fun, especially with uh, with his bodyguard. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. After that, we saw that match you had mentioned earlier. Dana Brooke picking up the victory over Reckoning, uh, which stems from Reckoning attacking her from a few weeks ago. And I don't know. And then this... earlier with Ali, I don't know. I still don't understand why, but. Yeah, but this was probably the most shocking moment of Monday Night Raw, the unmasking of Reckoning. <laughs> so we can confirm 100% it's Mia Yim. Yeah, so the mask any... the mask came yeah. off within a, like the first minute of the match. <laughs> yeah, like maybe 30 seconds. It just like totally fell off. <laughs> um, so now, how do you recover from that? Should she just wear no, the mask? No, no, no. So she could still wear the she... mask. She could still but, wear the mask regardless. That doesn't matter. So, but what I think to just go with it, I would say wear the mask outside. But have that be the walk, uh, the walk up attire, and then when she gets in the ring, take off the mask, because it's it's bound to happen again. It, I, I don't it, know. I don't know if I would like that, but I this match I think was stupid. Yeah, uh, it was Reckoning's yeah. first match on Raw, and she lost. And Ali gets up on the apron, Reckoning misses a kick, and then Dana Brooke does the schoolboy to win. And then after the match, Ali yelled it at Reckoning. Mm -hmm. So it sucks that she lost. Yeah, I, I was really, I don't know. I was kind of like, is Mia Yim about to just attack Ali? I mean, it wouldn't make sense, but I don't understand what the, what the, what the payoff of this is, is it reckoning turning on Ali or is it like everybody in retribution going to turn on Ali and going off onto their no, own I ways? I don't think that. I don't think that'll So happen. then what's, so then the, all the, it was other just a reprimanding. Is, yes. But the thing. only other option is like reckoning next week needs to pick up a victory. Yeah. Like now she needs to be like, okay, Ali just lit the fire underneath reckoning. And now she is here to, and she means business like next week. She needs to dominate her match. Right. Uh, we saw McIntyre being interviewed in the ring, which I really didn't think was necessary. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to hear about Randy Orton, and I didn't need to hear about Roman Reigns anymore from, from Drew McIntyre. We just needed to have the match, which yeah. earlier in the night, AJ Styles agreed to help uh, Miz and Morrison out. Because it would be easier to face Miz as champion than it would be to face Drew McIntyre as champion. However, the main event rolls around. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus pick up the victory over Miz and Morrison via disqualification. Because AJ Styles hit Drew McIntyre with the phenomenal forearm. Uh, and then Jomo... Miz, they continue to attack Drew McIntyre. Sheamus was just out of it. Um, and then AJ Styles tried to cash in on behalf of the Miz, which I thought was funny. And Miz didn't really want to at first, but then when he went to, McIntyre took him and uh, yeah, took I, them all, all three of them out. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a nice little... Or actually, was that when AJ Styles flipped off onto uh, 
his bodyguard. That was at the <laughs> end of it. Right. That was at the end of it. Yeah, that was when uh, <laughs> when McIntyre went to go after AJ. He just flipped onto his shoulder. Yeah. I, I thought that this entire interaction was just a lot of fun. And I thought AJ Styles trying to cash in Miz's briefcase was hilarious. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously it wasn't going to pay off, but still a lot of fun. And at least we got a Money in the Bank tease. Yes. Yeah. We Very have cool. uh, new signees at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, the Rascals, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Uh, no news on Trey Miguel, I don't think. I don't know uh, what's going to happen with him. The only thing I think is maybe they'll save him for the next incoming class. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then everyone, obviously, they see that it's just uh, Desmond, Xavier, and, and Wentz. And it's like, uh-oh, Trey mm-hmm. Miguel's going to AEW. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But uh, uh, Alex Zane, who's worked beyond New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, uh, GCW, uh, Jiro Kiroshio, trained by Dejiri, uh wrestled for Wrestle One, All Japan Pro Wrestling, DDT, and more. Russ Taylor, who uh, is the only signee to have worked WWE in the past. Uh, he was enhancement talent for the first time, I believe, in 2008, going up against Big Show. But he's wrestled in WXW in Germany. He's wrestled for PWG and a bunch of other uh, companies. And then the final member of that class is Anriel Howard, who played College basketball at Mississippi State and Texas A&M. Played for a season for the Seattle Storm for the WNBA. So I'm looking forward to a bunch of these new class members, classmates. Yeah, uh, it's always always fun to see the new classmates come on in. And it's always fun. It's like a... I feel like classmates is the wrong word. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The new class, we could just say. Yeah, we can go with the new class, but it's always like a who's who, and it's always really cool. Yeah, but uh, moving over to NXT, it starts with the whole roster out on the stage while they played a really incredible tribute video to Pat Patterson. Uh, Chris and I gave our thoughts earlier. I figured Mm -hmm. now you could give some thoughts for Pat Patterson here. I mean, Pat Patterson, oh, I did not know him as an IC champion. You know, I, I, I mean, you're not that old. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thanks. That's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty nice. Of he him. had lost it the but, year you turned 20. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like for him, I didn't become really known of Pat Patterson until uh, the Stooges, you know, during that attitude era. And with that attitude era, it was so always hilarious to see him and Briscoe and what they were going to do next and their interactions with with Mae Young and Fabulous Moolah and their everything with Austin and Mankind and the authority and corpor- uh, corporation, whatever, not the authority, corporation, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> but it was always so much fun to see and it's so unfortunate. It seems like Pat Patterson has had a positive impact on all of the wrestlers that he has come across and assisted. Yeah, and so. a whole, a whole, really a whole generation of NXT talent. And I liked, um, 
Gerald Briscoe, they they got they caught up with Gerald Briscoe and they they released a like a separate video of him talking mm-hmm. about Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how as long as Shawn Michaels is there training people at the performance center, then there's a piece of Pat being passed down to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because it's like Pat passes down so much knowledge to so many different wrestlers. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But yeah. it was just such a, a really good tribute video. Oh, that tribute video was incredible. And I I marked out for the fact that they use like Sinatra and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's you know? like that was uh, Pat Patterson's go-to song was My Way. Yeah. Written yeah. by uh, Paul Anka. Mm-hmm. Sung made famous by uh, Frank Sinatra. But yeah, and I thought that was really cool also. Yeah. Uh, first match of the evening, we saw Leon Ruff teaming with Damian Priest to defeat Legado del Fantasma, Santos Escobar, and Raul Mendoza. Supposed to be Kurt Stallion, but they got uh, he got jumped before NXT. Um, I was hoping for a new class member. Mm-hmm. But Damian Priest just obviously like made sense to have been in this match. Yeah. Johnny Gargano was on commentary, which brought Ghostface in the crowd. Nice to see Ghostface again. And I have to say it was an enjoyable match. I agree with you. I thought that it made it they make a good combo, and I'm I'm a big fan of of Priest. Priest hit his know? finisher and Leon Ruff tagged himself in to uh to get the victory. Yeah. And then afterwards we saw even more ghost faces, I guess you would say. So I think there's now four in total with one have been was uh Indy Hartwell. Now who the hell are the other three? It makes you wonder. I don't know if it's going to end up. Maybe it's no, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. There's still that Austin theory like theory. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. these guys were tall, so I don't know who I just, I don't know. I have no idea who it could be. Mm-hmm. Next match, we saw Cameron Grimes defeat August Gray. Uh, for what it was, I thought this was a good match also. Yeah. It puts Grimes that... over. Mm-hmm. And um, Grimes is, is so awesome. He's so good. Yeah. And after the match, we saw Grimes put a strap on August Gray and attacked him with it. And then Gray rolls out of the ring. And when Cameron Grimes pulls him up, it was Dexter Loomis. I I love the mind games. And Loomis attacked Cameron Grimes. They have a strap match at TakeOver on Sunday. Yeah, I, I love it all. Match up next, Jake Atlas defeated Tony Nese uh, with a dedication to Pat Patterson. Um... I wish this match, though, I, not this match in general. I, I just, I wish Tony Nese was doing more on television. I was surprised to even see him. I forgot he was with WWE. <laughs> like, I I guess it's been so long that I just totally, I saw Tony Nese. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, he is there. But Jake and, Atlas and, uh, afterwards mentioned Nese. the Cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar, so he's not done with. Legado del Fantasma just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I 
I don't know if their names are the kings of NXT or if it's uh, for the business or whatever they're saying mm-hmm. or something else. But Pat McAfee's group came out. They made fun of Undisputed Era. He hypes up war games. Pete Dunne said that they're going to end Undisputed Era. And Pat McAfee mentions the masked man from last week. And even mentioned how the guy missed the entrance. So it was definitely not him. I I like it. So we still have that factor for war games. Mm -hmm. We don't know. There's so many mystery men in in NXT. And I, I love it. And a mystery woman. The the next segment we saw Zia Lee and Boa uh in bathtubs going underwater, holding their breath over and over and over again, and we don't know who's making them do this. It has to be someone that's uh, a higher power, uh, you yeah. know. Um but and, and I saw and I saw a news site saying it maybe it is Miko Satamora. Hey, there you go. I but again, I just, I don't know. That to me wouldn't make sense, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Grizzled Young Veterans versus Everize didn't actually happen because Marcel Barthel. That sounded weird for me. Yeah, that... that sounded weird to me too. <laughs> Can you say that again? Is it Marcel Barthel? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Marcel Barthel. Mar- Marcel Bartel. And huh. Fabian Eichner, they attacked Everize, and then they challenged Grizzled Young Veterans to a match. And then Grizzled Young Veterans versus Imperium ended in a no contest, which before it ends in a no contest, I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed yeah. what we were seeing. It's two NXT UK teams basically going at it. We've seen them uh, mix it up, a, like I think once before, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Everize got involved and they attacked them, surprisingly. I I liked Everize getting involved in this too. It was kind of like it was really surprising too, because you don't really expect Everize to go on the offense like that. And they they got the best of all of them. Yeah. Next segment up, we saw the Thatch as Thatch can, which was based on distractions. I believe they referred to Russ Taylor as Tyler Russ. Um he was one of Thatcher's students and Champa showed up, which led to Champa teaching Thatcher, but Tyler jumped Champa and then Thatcher choked Champa out. I was I don't know. This that sets up a, a match for them, I believe, at Takeover. We saw yeah. afterwards Thatcher was being interviewed and in the background kind of looked like Tyler Russ took a business card from Malcolm Bivens. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, they they didn't I don't think they they didn't mention that on commentary, I don't uh-huh. think. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I totally missed that. Yeah, that 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 was something to look forward to there. Um but throughout the whole night we saw Shotzi Blackheart uh over the weekend, even she's been rebuilding her tank that that uh, Candice LeRae destroyed. We learned over the weekend that Ember Moon was going to be joining her team. Rhea Ripley's on her team for War Games, and Shotzi had a match against Raquel Gonzalez. Picks up the victory in the latter match to gain the advantage in War Games. Um, 
and we did not know who the final member of Team Shotzi would be, but Team Candice gets off the platform at one point to check on Raquel Gonzalez. Leads to a big brawl between Team Shotzi and Team Candice. Indy Hartwell sets up the ladder and uh, Shotzi attacks her. And Io Shirai shows up, attacks Raquel, and Shotzi Blackheart gets the victory there. And the advantage at War Games. I was a huge fan of this match. I thought that this match was exciting. It was fun. I love the aspect of Indy Hartwell. Um, how she's not even in the match, but she is such a huge factor. But if she helped them get the ladder and get down, how did Ripley get down? You know? What do you mean? Well, she pushed the ladder over to them to help them get off of the, the oh, little yeah. stand. Well, maybe right? she jumped. I don't know. I or mean, maybe Io off camera. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> uh... Who knows? That could play. A, that could play a factor. The EO effect. Although that was like EO showed up a lot. Like I feel like later than the others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. NXT Takeover War Games this Sunday taking place. We have Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. I'm gonna say Ciampa's picking up this victory here. I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh, it stinks. Cause Thatcher, I like. I feel like Thatcher. I'm seeing get the wrong side of the stick too often. I'm gonna go with Thatcher. In a strap match, Cameron Grimes is def- not defending anything. He's facing off against <laughs> Dexter Loomis. I'm gonna say Cameron Grimes. Hmm. I'm going to go with Loomis. For the NXT North American Championship, you have the champion Leon Ruff defending the championship against Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. I've got my fingers crossed for Leon Ruff. Hmm. I think... Ooh. I'm going to go Ruff. First War Games match, Undisputed Era versus Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan. We don't know who the mystery man was. We don't know if one of the members of Undisputed Era will end up turning on Undisputed Era. We don't know if this is the last time we'll ever see Undisputed Era as a team. I think I'm going to... And this is also the first time they've been faces in this War Games match. I'm going to go with... Undisputed. Uh, I'm going Team McAfee. I'm going to go with Undisputed Era. Why are you going with McAfee? I, like, do you expect something to happen? Or actually, they, they I don't, have the I don't ghost know. face stuff. Well, that's Johnny Gargano stuff. That's not theirs. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's they true. have that masked man that helped them out win the advantage. Yeah, yeah that's that's who I'm talking about. Which, again, um, I don't know. Maybe it was a member of Undisputed Era. I have no idea. Oh, uh, it totally could be. It, it totally could be. Oh, this is a tough one. I guess I'll, I'm going to go with Undisputed Era, but I could definitely see it being uh, McAfee's team. And then another War Games match. Team Shotzi consisting of Shotzi, Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai taking on Team Candice, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. There's factors we don't know. Um, Shotzi Blackheart 
promised surprises for for Sunday. I'm going Team Shotzi. I think I'm going to say Team Shotzi as well. I and I am really looking forward to this match. I think that this yeah, match is going to be a a slobber knocker. But those are our predictions for NXT TakeOver War Games. Moving over to NXT UK really quick. Uh, Rampage Brown picked up the victory over Saxon Huxley, which was a super hard-hitting match. Uh, You had Aoife Valkyrie defeating Aaliyah James, which was a quick match, but again, just proves how good the WWE's women's division is. Uh, you also saw Joe Coffey defeating Alexander Wolf. Gallus was banned from ringside. Imperium was banned from ringside. And by Imperium, obviously, there's just one of them over there, that being Walter. Um, but this was, again, another hard-hitting match. And then the, the final match of the evening saw The Hunt defeat Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. It's been building for a few weeks now. I think NXT UK is a really good show. I just wish it didn't first post at 3 p.m. on Thursdays. I wish I could just like go to it whenever. Mm-hmm. Last week that happened. I think it was a mistake. <laughs> but I was able to watch it. Uh, but moving over to SmackDown, which opens up with a tribute to Pat Patterson, a 10-bell salute. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter was there. Gerald Briscoe was there. So it was nice that they did that. Yeah, that was really cool to see him out there. And it was it's just it's it's always like heartbreaking to always see that, you know? Yeah. It was uh especially I mean seeing Gerald Briscoe next to Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh sure. but SmackDown, the action kicks off. Kayla Braxton interviewed Roman Reigns, who scolds Kayla for asking bad questions. Uh, Kevin Owens cuts this off, and I swear to God, I thought he challenged Jay Uso and Roman Reigns to fight right then and there instead of the main event. And Jay Uso seemed like he accepted. And then Kevin Owens also laid out the challenge to Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at TLC which then Reigns accepted and then they all walked off. So I'm assuming, I I don't, I don't know. Like maybe it was just like accepting on behalf of Roman for TLC. I I know there was a line that Roman Reigns said that like, there's a lady in the ring. We don't do stuff when there's ladies in the ring, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. To me, it was like a mishmash, but I enjoyed this segment. I thought it was really good. This new character of Roman Reigns is really good. Yeah, I was about to say, I really like this new thing going on with Roman Reigns. I think he's nailing it. And it's kind of cool because Paul Heyman's not really speaking too much. Yeah, he speaks here and there, but not much. Which is actually very surprising because when you usually put Paul Heyman with someone, it's because Paul Heyman's going to be the mouthpiece. And for the past few weeks, Paul Heyman's been really... Well, I guess with the exception maybe of CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk, but Paul Heyman's been relatively quiet, more so, and more so there doing facial reactions and stuff. And Roman Reigns has been the voice, yeah, which is pretty cool because back a year ago, even or even earlier this year, you wouldn't never think that Roman Reigns was going to be a 
a vocal piece. So right. It's pretty cool. Next match up or first match of the evening, we saw Natalia defeat Bailey. Uh, Bianca Belair was right. on commentary. Brandon, Brandon just said that Natalia defeated Bailey. That is not a typo. That is not an error. <laughs> Bailey lost to Natalia. Like this was a very, I would say, surprising victory here for Natalia. Yeah, sharpshooter and all. Bailey was just champion for over a year and just loses like that. And she's, I feel like she's, I think she's been on a losing streak. And um, to make matters even more questionable, they're tagging on Sunday. Yeah. At tribute to the troops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, they had, uh, they showed Pat Patterson's Intercontinental Championship ringside, which I thought was cool. Which I also never realized how the newest design kind of looks like that original title. I could I could see that. And then they played that tribute video for him again. But the match that this led into was a tribute to Pat Patterson, which is why it was such a random matchup. It was featuring all former Intercontinental Champions as well as the, the current champion. Mm-hmm. Um, which the current champion lost, but... Big E teams up with Daniel Bryan and Rey Mysterio to defeat uh, Nakamura, Dolph Ziggler, and Sami Zayn. Big E comes out, new theme, use the chalk dust that he used to use in his entrance back in his, uh, I don't know, did he use that on the main, like, Raw and SmackDown? I don't remember. I kind of of feel like he did when he first came in. Probably. I think he did. But this this was a fun match. I still don't like his finisher, though. Big ending? Yeah. yeah. I still Didn't don't like it. Didn't you used to love that, and I was always, like, yeah. hate on it? Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I mean, back then, you hated Big E. <laughs> hated. But it's, it wasn't Big E's fault. It was WWE's fault. It wasn't Big E's fault. It was just his wrestling ability. No, it wasn't the wrestling <laughs> ability. It was because he was portraying somebody off, like, on WWE.com that he wasn't being able to be on TV. Well, that I that I definitely understand because I know we've spoken about that many times. How we would see him being comedic with uh, Paige and um, who is the other one? Kate, Caitlin? Caitlin, yeah, yeah, Caitlin and AJ. And you're like, you're seeing somebody trying to be intimidating on TV, but then off TV, you're seeing this comedic teddy bear. But yeah, back to this match. Even though Sami Zayn lost, I'm okay with it. You know. I'm okay with him losing because it's. it's I just thought it was ironic that you're paying tribute to the first Intercontinental Champion by having the Intercontinental Champion lose. Yeah, but I have I no think, problem with that. I just thought yeah, it was funny. I, I thought it was a a good match and everything like that. It was quick, you know. There, there was Nothing weird crazy. aftermath stuff though. Mm-hmm. Nakamura and Sami Zayn were like sidestepped and they like flew out of the ring. Um. And then Daniel Bryan paid homage to Pat Patterson with an atomic drop on Dolph Ziggler, which was followed up by a 619. And then Ziggler got hit with a big ending. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Uh, that was kind like, of like what, a tribute to the troops esque sort of moment. I don't know why. Yeah, like what made the faces go back into the ring after they just won? <laughs> yeah. For I no didn't... reason. For no reason, really. I don't even know if Nakamura was even taunting them. I actually thought when they both, uh, when all three of them got back in the ring, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to sh- they were going to shake hands. I totally agree. I thought they were going to shake hands 
and then or and then like all of them raise their arms kind of like it uh as a nice moment with pat patterson yeah but yeah definitely not that after this we saw carmella and sasha banks in their sit down from a separate room confrontation i guess which just sets up a singles match at tlc i did i think for the championship i'm not too sure i mean it probably is on the line I did like how Carmella was kind of like flirting-ish with the guy that was setting her up her like her mic and everything. I didn't notice that. Like she was playing off of him really well. She was like just giving him these looks and and flirting with her hands and stuff. And I was just like, that's definitely her gimmick. And I I really enjoyed that small factor of it. Next matchup we saw was King Corbin defeat Murphy. Uh, King Corbin, last week, I wasn't sure if what Corbin said meant he was just going to be prepared this week to face Murphy or if he was coming with backup. And he came with backup. He brought out the Forgotten Sons without Jackson Riker. I think maybe Jackson Riker's like done for now after his comments on the internet. It pays to just delete your Twitter, you know? <laughs> don't do anything stupid. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. But it was kind of cool to see him and Murphy together. It was weird, though. Like, at one point, it, it seemed as if Murphy didn't, like, recognize Wesley Blake. And it's like, you guys were the champions. <laughs> and the commentating actually made reference to that, too. Commentating? Like, it commentary when they came out they're like who is that i'm like who is that what do you mean it's the forgotten sons why can i see you can't yeah i didn't know why they were all dressed like that too yeah i don't know what like there was no pop factor or anything to that like other than me marking out that uh wesley blake and murphy were kind of like a reunion (laughs) yeah but king corbin at one point had them attack Rey mysterio and dominic Murphy chases them back into the ring and he ran right into an end of days yeah. to lose the match. So it should be interesting to see the Forgotten Sons. I'm assuming they'll have that name dropped. Probably. Come yeah, next week. Probably switch over. Yeah. But it's interesting to see them with, with uh, King Corbin. And I, yeah. again, these guys deserve to be there. I'm so happy to see Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake on TV. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the night, we saw Kevin Owens being interviewed, and Kalisto randomly opened the door and had a super awkward exchange. And then they dropped like this is a live TV moment line. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this was. I don't know why this happened. But the main event we saw Kevin Owens and Otis defeat Jey Uso and Roman Reigns via disqualification. Roman Reigns left Jey Uso to be in a handicap match at first as a consequence for disobeying him. But when Roman Reigns finally showed up, he attacked Otis and took him out of the match. He, Which they explain that Roman Reigns was able to attack Otis because they weren't the legal competitors there Mm -hmm. but then roman reigns used the steel steps and i have no idea how it wasn't a disqualification like just because he's not the legal competitor 
doesn't open up, use any weapon you want. That didn't make sense at all for me. Mm-hmm. But Jey Uso goes for an... And Roman Reigns, he used the steps, took Otis completely out of the match. But Jey Uso at one point went for the Uso splash and Roman Reigns made him get down to tag out so he can get the victory. Jey Uso kind of disobeys Roman Reigns and picks up Kevin Owens and drags him back into the corner. Kevin Owens fights back. Punches Roman Reigns off the apron. Hits a stunner on Jey Uso. Almost gets the victory. And Roman Reigns breaks it up and chokes out Kevin Owens, which causes the disqualification later on. Like, what? I didn't, I just, that was bizarre to me. I didn't understand that. And then then after the match, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns beat the hell out of Kevin Owens with chairs. And Roman Reigns then beat the hell out of Jey Uso with a chair. Which, I mean, plays into what he was telling him before. You know, he kind of... I like that part, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roman Reigns is kind of trying to teach him a way. You know, I I just hope that this doesn't end up with Jay and Jimmy as a tag team right out of this. You know, I I do want to see them in singles runs, especially after this. I mean, he's doing a great job on his own, even though he is with Reigns right now. But... Not as a tag team uh, aspect. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the day on Sunday, you have Tribute to the Troops, uh, which is the lead-in for the Giants and Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. Very weird that Tribute to the Troops is on Fox, and it's also at 3 p.m. Yeah. But we're advertised matches. You're going to be seeing Bianca Belair teaming up with Sasha Banks to take on Bailey and Natalia. Drew McIntyre's taking on The Miz, which kind of sucks because The Miz has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the big 10 man tag. You got Daniel Bryan teaming up with Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, and the Street Profits to take on Elias, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode in a. Uh, multi-brand match Mm -hmm. so that should be a fun thing to watch way before war games yeah um but yeah that's uh that's wrestling this week but how about this one let's get into branding you got any shout outs hey there hiff we should listen to brandon shout outs the first shout out goes to Saved by the Bell. The the new version on Peacock with uh most of the original cast making appearances with the exception of Dustin Diamond and for some reason Dennis Haskins. Mm-hmm. They're mentioned in passing, but I was I was surprised like I was more so surprised that Dennis Haskins wasn't there than anything. Uh yeah, Mr. I feel Belding. Like, I feel like he he'd do anything. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> But Slater and Jesse, they were were main cast or are main cast of the show. I don't know if it's going to get picked up for a second season or whatnot, but it's on Peacock. If you have that app or whatever it's called, a service, a streaming service, I don't think most people do. (laughs) Check it out. Uh, Next up goes to Super Intelligence, which is a new Melissa McCarthy movie on HBO Max. 
I enjoyed it. I laughed a bunch of times. The The premise is basically where an AI takes over her, her whole life in the form of James Corden. Because she she's a fan of James Corden, so it's like it wants to keep her at ease. Well, I mean, must be realistic. Who's not a fan of James Corden? <laughs> I mean, that's whoever's not a fan of James Corden, I just don't want to talk to, period. So definitely check that out if you have HBO Max. It seems like a lot more people are going to subscribe to HBO Max in 2021 because they dropped that huge... Um, Bombshell. Yeah, uh, where every single major blockbuster hit movie that they have at their studio will be coming out in theaters and the same day on HBO Max for no extra charge like Disney Plus did with Mulan. Yeah, AMC is not happy with that. But, like, what are you going to do? What you going to do, brother? But, like, now I don't have to go to a theater and see Space Jam 2. I could watch it for free in my house. Now, this is with LeBron James, right? Yeah, which Michael Jordan better be in the film. Oh, man, if he and Bill Murray, just saying. Yeah, Bill Bill Murray. Murray And I'm hoping for, what's his name, Wayne Knight? (laughs) <laughs> I, I like you have to i I'm, i'd be so disappointed and i feel like they're not going to be in it and i'm going to be disappointed i have a feeling the same thing i mean but on the other hand i kind of would i kind of wish that sean sean bradley and charles barkley and all those guys show up too but <laughs> I, I have a feeling that's not happening is danny DeVito going to be mean, in it i don't think so mugsy bogues i don't know but Ima- uh, imagine if danny devito still did the voice but I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't know if that, like the Monstars, I don't know if they're going to be in it. We really don't know much about it. No. I mean, the other thing that they announced that I really was looking forward to is um Dune. Oh, not Tom and Jerry? Nah. <laughs> There's a live know. action Tom and Jerry coming. Yeah, I noticed that too, but Doom, I'm really looking forward Starring, to. Starring uh, Batista. Who's Batista? Well, I don't know if Batista stars in it, but he's in Dune. That's oh oh dude, <laughs> I thought it's Tom and Jerry. I'm like, is he? He's Tom Jerry? and Jerry. Yeah, he, he doesn't both. <laughs> He's that good of an actor. The the logo for Dune is basically Ember Moon's old logo. I don't know if Dune. <laughs> this is a remake, right? Yeah, this was like an old uh, TV show, or I think it was a book originally. Yeah, it was a book. Yeah, I forgot the concept and stuff, but I remember seeing some of it, and it was so interesting. So. But I totally I'm blanking on what it's about and everything. I looked at the cast. Batista is not. Uh, I mean, he's he's a main he's cast, but he's not, not he's not the star. <laughs> Especially, actually, I mean, you got Timothy. Play King Kong. Timothy in- Chalamet is in this film. You got Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, um, Zendaya is in it. So he's pretty- also Jason Momoa, Javier like Bardem. That's like the 2020 or 2019, 2020 all-star cast, you know? I feel yeah. like all of those people are the big known names of the past, like, year. Yeah, so – and um, and Batista is there, so. <laughs> um, Godzilla King Kong should be cool, too. Yeah, I didn't see the, se- the sequel, though. Oh, it was okay. Because you know? the first the first movie I thought was really well done and I liked that cast and then spoiler alert they kill off basically <laughs> the main character and I'm like why would I want to see a sequel? Oh dude. Um I don't know Godzilla it was okay. I was actually a bigger fan of the King Kong remake. 
which I again uh, didn't Kong, see that. Kong, Kong Island, Skull Island, Skull Island. Skull was that Island. with Jack Black? No, that's with. <laughs> Isn't um, it Jack Black and Nicole Kidman? No, no, no. That's another movie. Um, was that just called this, King Kong? No, this one is with the guy in Talladega Nights. I don't not know Will, that film. Not Will Ferrell. His his other friend, the curly haired oh, guy. Um, is it John C. Riley? Yes, yeah, with John C. Riley. Yeah, but should be good. John Cena is going to be on HBO Max in that uh, that Suicide Squad. Suic- is it? Yeah, Suicide Squad. All free if you sign up for HBO Max. So hey. not free. Go sign up. <laughs> yeah. And then my last shout out goes to Live Forever, which is the WWE Network special that followed Liv Morgan. I just think they always knock it out of the park and it's always so well done. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out as well. Yeah, I want to watch that really bad. I mean, from what I've been seeing on Twitter and stuff, it looks like it was incredible. Yeah. And it, and it, it puts... I know they get a lot of flack, but it it paints Hooters in a very positive light. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's that's cool. Yeah. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Ow. Ow. That is right, our mark out moment of the week stuff. I mean, we recorded our mark out moments before we finished the show. Well, that's stupid. (laughs) 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 We recorded our mark out moment of the week prior to Thanksgiving is what I should have said. Uh So Thanksgiving came along. And The Rock had a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which I thought was super cool. It was to promote the upcoming Young Rock series on NBC. Total surprise. And seeing stills from the the show made me mark out, too, because, like, for the most part, they looked like who they were supposed to be. Right? Rocky Johnson's character looks... Dead on. Pretty spot on. Yeah, that was like insane. The Andre, the Andre one. Eh. eh yeah. Eh, that's kind of a stretch, but, you know. But I'm <laughs> really looking forward. Do you think that we're going to appear in it for the car ride? I don't. We're we're not part of Young Rock's life. What about a Flash into the Future segment? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Fingers what crossed. Happens if, what happens if Rocky Johnson, after that car ride, he got on the phone with The Rock and was just like, you won't believe how much they are charging on these tolls. Do you think The Rock has a marking out t-shirt or? <laughs> do, you, do, do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, me neither. Also, uh, something that I thought was cool from The Tonight Show last week, Bad Bunny was on it as a guest. And also, uh, I see like he does interviews. He's been doing a bunch of interviews. He just dropped an album. He's been wearing the same Stone Cold Steve Austin camouflage hat in every interview. That's cool. His newest album has a song called Booker T on it, so that's cool. That's cool. What a mark. And uh, my last mark out moment of the week, we spoke about it earlier, uh, was Sting debuting for AEW. Sting? 
Yeah. Um, that moment. So you texted me. I mean, I'm a NXT fan and stuff like that, but I'll switch back and forth with AEW. Um, so I was on NXT and then I saw your text like just in time to catch the replay and just seeing Sting come out. I thought that it was a cool intro to Sting and I don't know. It, it I, had at one point a Raven, which like I believe appears in his WWE video. Pro, or no, you know what? Crow. It's not a, it was a yeah, crow. It wasn't a Raven. What an idiot. <laughs> it's clearly a crow. I caught myself just before you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you started thinking about that one. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> and and the, the, the crow aspect, like it just it goes with Sting forever. Um, and then it also falls into Game of Thrones as well. But did that entrance even have any meaning with Game of Thrones? I didn't understand. I said that earlier, too. I didn't understand why it was winter is coming. Well, now I'm kind of... Like, why did it snow during Sting's entrance? What are the correlations between that and Game of Thrones? It's like the... the, It's just winter is coming is a huge thing. Yeah, but didn't a little girl win? Oh, dude, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. It it aired last year already. Um, I, I don't know her under, her character's name was it Maisie Williams, right? I I just don't understand why he is Winter. You who know? was who was Winter in the show? Was it Maisie Williams? Winter, it's so she was a character on Impact Wrestling. Come on, who was actually Shut really up. good, <laughs> really good. Who? But who was? What was Winter in Game of it Thrones? It was just Winter. It was just Winter a season. The snow, you know. So yeah, I don't know. yeah. But you have any I, other markout moments? I, th- I maybe they just used the Game of Thrones aspect just to get internet buzz and internet talking because Game of Thrones aspect. Which um, they they introduced. Uh, Game of Thrones tweeted out this week that their uh, their next show comes out in 2021 or whatever. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I gotta check that out once we stop recording. It's um, um it's the uh-huh. dragon something dragons, house of the dragon. Nice, that should be cool. Being begins production in twenty twenty one. Doesn't come out in twenty twenty one. Oh, production. All right, cool. Uh, for me, I would say that my mark out moment. Um, my mark out moment was probably I really liked the entire NXT match that ladder match. I yeah. had a t- I had a ton of markouts during that. Um, of course, I did mark out for Sting as well. But that match, that ladder match, really got me prepared for War Games, and I really was looking forward to that. So I think I marked out the most for during that. But cool. yeah, take it home. This was episode 513. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, go to manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, as well as on Instagram, MarkingOut11. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees, I already said. What else am I missing? Twitter.com slash mark it out. Uh, BTDG161 on Instagram and Twitter. Dave the Rave underscore MO at Chris Sweendog. Markitout.com. We wish you the, the 
best, best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a